be an example for your children to follow, amen? Because they're not going to do what you say, they're going to do what you do. Amen. You can't be telling your children, don't do this, you're doing this. Don't be smoking and you're lighting up, you know. Don't. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You've got to be the example. You've got to be the leader. Praise God. And they will grow up. And, and, and my, I, I just thank God that my dad went to church. Of course, we know that the man is the head of the house, but the woman's the neck. And, you know, my mom was the motivator behind going to church. Amen. If mama's not happy, okay, you know the rest of the story. So we want mama happy. Amen. Dad doesn't want to be sleeping in that, in that room, that spare room on Sunday night. Glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Somebody say amen or oh me. It's true anyway. So we see here that his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. I want to stop here and say this. God knows that, you know, when he gives us kids, we're not perfect. Amen. And we may miss it. Have you ever lost a kid out here? Have you ever had a home alone one, home alone two? Are you here? Have you ever misplaced a kid? Glory to God. Well, they misplaced Jesus. I mean, think about this. God picked them to, to raise up the King of Kings and the Lord for a good example, and they misplaced Jesus. Think about that. And uh, I'm telling you, it's terrifying when you can't find a kid. I mean, it's terrifying when a kid is out there. You don't know. I remember when I was a kid, and uh, my parents uh, would go to some of their friends and um, we, uh, it was uh, an apartment complex, I believe. It may have been duplexes. And you know, how many people know that, the, that duplexes or, comp, uh, or apartment complexes, they all look alike? And so I remember going my, with my brother, uh, with both of my brothers to the, the park, and we played. It was, there was a park near the place. My parents took us there, and we were playing in the park. But both of my brothers left, and I just stayed at the park. I just kind of, kind of like Jesus, you know, I just kind of hung out. And, uh, but, you know, it was getting dark, and I couldn't remember how to get back. And I remember that, I don't know how old I was, probably 15, no, five or six years old. And, uh, and I was, I couldn't find my way back, and I was walking all over the place. I was nervous. I, I started, you know, I walk, in, and all these buildings look alike. I started crying. <laughs> I was so freaked out. But you know what? I think my parents were probably just as freaked out. And my dad was looking for me. He was like, probably doing that too. Because when you're missing a child, you're, you're freaking out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? But he was driving, his, and, I, and I saw the, the, the car. I saw our car, and I was so thankful that dad rescued me. Dad and mom rescued me that day. It's not, it, it, has anybody ever been lost out here? Has anybody been lost? And I'm telling you, it's a terrible place to be lost. Amen. And, you know, you know, Jesus even talks about that. He talks about, you know, in some parables of the lost coin. He talks about, you know, the lost sheep. He talks about the wayward son. And, you know, if you're, you may be not that close to God right now, or maybe you're here today and you haven't been on the righteous road of uh, the straight path of life. And, you know, Jesus is reaching out to you today. 
He's saying, I, I, I'm looking for my lost son, my lost daughter. I'm looking for you today. I want you to come back to me. I, I want you to come back into the, into the Father's house. I want you to come back. Maybe you haven't been coming to church. I want you to come back. I have good things for you. I have wonderful things for you. And, 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 and the devil's trying to steal these things from you. The blessings of peace, the blessings of joy, the blessings of health, wholeness, soundness, amen. And I'm telling you, God is looking for us, amen. And we need to just surrender ourselves to the Lord. And, and so we see here that they lost Jesus. And it's interesting because as I studied this out, um, it took them three days to find Jesus. They went out a day. They came back a day. Could you imagine missing your kids for three days? I don't know where they went at. And I guess, they, I don't know why, because when you study this out, and they find Jesus in the church, and Jesus said, where else would I be? So they, they were looking at, they were, they were at the park, at the racetrack, they were at the park. They were looking for, are you, are you hear what I'm saying? They were looking for him at the water world or Wally world. They were trying to find all the places the kid would hang out. At the arcade. But he was in church. And he said, Mom and Dad, you know I need to be at, about the Father's business. I was at church. You know, oh yeah, that's right. You are the Son of God. Uh, uh, we should have chose that place the first place. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? But it took him three days. Three days. Say three days. And so this is interesting that, um, that he said he needed to be about his Father's business. But it said that they were looking for him. They, were, they had a lot of anxiety. And then verse 51, it says, then, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. Underline that, he was subject to them. And this is important. You know, I don't believe that Jesus sinned but, because he's never sinned. But, um, you know, here he, 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 he saw the, that they were, you know, anxious and they were fearful. And he really cared about his parents. And, you know, there is, you know, the Ten Commandments. Anybody know the Ten Commandments? The First five, you know, is our relationship with God. The second five is our relationship with people. Amen. And so, you know, God's not doing away with the Ten Commandments. It's, it's still good to have the Ten Commandments. I know that, you know, we're in the New Covenant. And I know the New Covenant talks about love God with our heart, soul, mind, love our neighbors as ourselves, and love our enemies as well. And we know that if we walk the love walk, we, do, we should fulfill the Ten Commandments. Amen. But, you know, it's, it's okay to know what the Ten Commandments are. So, you, you, know, you, you know, just to be aware of them. And, you know, the, the, the Sixth Commandment is, is um, it's in Exodus 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And this is the, this is the commandment with a promise. And I'm going to say this, because uh, I'm going to have to put this honor in here, that, that we need to honor our families. We need to honor our parents. Children, if you're listening, you need to honor your parents. You know, you know, God looked at it very highly, honor. And he even said to, and the Old Testament was, you know, it was a little harder. You know, this is what you call the age of grace. Somebody say the age of grace. Thank God it's not the age of law. Because if the children, in the Old Testament, if the children back talked to their parents and didn't listen, they could be stoned. And I'm not talking about getting a six-pack of beer. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? 
In other words, they could be, actually, they could go to the priest and say, my kids are acting up, they're, not, they're being disobedient. God took it seriously when, when we don't obey our parents, especially when we're younger, of course. And he takes it seriously when we don't honor our parents. Amen? And honor's big with God. By the way you honor your parents and, and honor authority figure, it's the way that you honor God. It's all connection on your honor to God. If you dishonor your parents, if you dishonor godly authority, you're dishonoring God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And I don't know about you, but I want to live a long life. And I want to honor. I want to honor my, my parents. I want to live a, a, a life where I'm, I, I'm blessing them. And even my mom called, and I had a lot of things going on yesterday. And she asked my wife, and my wife asked me, to, to do something for her. And I said, I don't have the time. You know, I got all this going on. But, but guess what? I did it anyway. Why? Because I want to honor mom. I, I'm willing to get put out for mom. I'm willing to do something. Uh, uh, teenagers, are you willing to take out the garbage for mom? Are you willing to do the dishes for mom? Are you, are you, willing, just to, are, are you willing just to say yes and not back talk mom? Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I remember when I was a kid, and if I if I raised my voice with my mom, and my dad was in the room, uh, boy, there's there's heck to be paid. Amen. My dad said, "You know, you know, she, she may be your mother, but she's my wife." Yes, yes, Dad. Okay, Dad. And uh, he was he made sure that I honored mom in the household. Dads, you know, make sure that the children honor the mom. You 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 enforce the honor in the home. Is this helping anybody today? Uh, because we need to honor one another. And, and even, you know, you can, even as adults, you, can, you may not, you know, you can, we can't agree with everything our family does. And maybe some things might be ungodly, but you still can honor your parents. You don't have to speak down to them. You, you know, you don't need to try to criticize them. You walk in love towards them. They brought you into the world and they can take you out. You know what I'm saying? So we, we want to have a, a, a respect because, because God chose them to be our parents. Is this helping anybody today? And I'm telling you, if you're going to live a long life and a good life, honor your mother and your father. Glory to God. And so we see here that it says here, honor your father and mother. And your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. And then it's interesting because some people will say, well, that's Old Covenant. We're not under the Old Testament anymore. Yeah, yeah, but you want the blessings of the Old Testament, right? You just don't want the roles, right? But, you know, it, it, it's interesting in chapter 6 of Ephesians, it gives the same scripture. This is New Testament here. It says here, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment of promise. So we see this, this is in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And so, you know, it's interesting that the Apostle Paul thought that this was a relevant commandment to be walking in. And so we need to be walking in this. And I believe as we do, as we honor not just our parents, but the authorities that are in our lives, things are going to go well with us. You believe that? And this whole generation, you, you, you'll see in the, in the, in the music and and, and the people that are in the music industry, they're always bucking authority. They're always coming against authority. And we need to make sure that we're not in that crowd, that we're not talking bad about 
our authorities. You should even be talking bad about the government. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying, I think we should be praying for our government. We know that there's a lot of issues in our government, but we, you know, the Bible doesn't say complain about our government. It says pray for our government. Pray for those that are in authority. We need to be lifting them up. We need to be believing that God is moving, amen, in our government. Pray. Maybe, maybe you have a parent that's not walking right or, or, or walking in the way they need to. Pray for them. Don't criticize and minimize. Praise God. Is this helping anybody today? Bless them. Because, they, because God chose them to be your parents. And so we need, a, we need to show honor and walk in love. Amen. And even though they may not be perfect, you know, even Jesus, when he was preaching one day, he was ministering and, uh, you know, there were crowds and somebody came up to Jesus and said, your mother and your brothers are here to see you. Can you talk to them? But you see, he was in the process of doing the will of the Father. There's going to be times where you may not be, you know, able to do everything that your parents are asking you to do, but you can still remain honorable to them. Amen. And so, you know, we got to love God first and foremost. And, and when we love God, then the love of God will extend to our family. Amen? And so we see that. Um, amen. So this is interesting. Uh, mothers and fathers are motivators. We are, are motivated. You can motivate your children to greatness. You can motivate them and, and encourage them to eat their broccoli. Amen? They don't have to have the ice cream. You can encourage them to, to, to you know, some, some of them encourage them in whatever area that they may be strong at, amen? Or even in their weak areas, encourage them, praise God. And, uh, you know, my, my father has always, you know, I, I said, gave this story before, but, but he always helped me in my, a lot of times in my homework when I was a younger lad, and he would even build my own projects, glory to God, and, I, and he would get the A, and and so he would help. And so it's okay to, be, to help your children, glory to God. I remember I had this model that I messed up. I, I was in a model building, con, uh, not a contest, but a class. And uh, I think I was in third grade. I was, I was building this Corsair. And I had glue all over the place. It had all these moving parts. Corsair is an airplane, amen. Blah, blah, black sheep. Okay. And, um, and so, uh, and it was a beautiful airplane, that, and it had wheels that can come down. And I'm telling you, I glue in my, I said, Dad, can you help me? And, and the airplane, you know, the, it was all kind of looked like, it looked like a Picasso painting. You know what I'm talking My dad said, okay, let's see what we can do here. Honey, get some of that nail polish. We can you know what I'm saying? And my dad was able to scrape down the, the airplane, paint it over. Thank God I was able to make it through that class. Amen? I don't even know how I made it through school. Glory to God. And I'm just trying to make it through this through this sermon. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Parents, have you ever helped your kids out? Amen. Let me let me just back up. Let me back up to where Jesus. Let's, let's back up to where Jesus was left behind. You know, it's interesting that they left Jesus behind. And uh, what the Lord revealed to me is sometimes we can go. Uh, you know, in our days, and we can forget that Jesus are in, is in our equation. We can actually get so busy in life that we forget, and we leave Jesus. We leave his presence. We, 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 we just leave him behind. And it's interesting to me that they had to go back to where Jesus was. And 
I want to say this. Maybe you're not feeling the peace. Maybe you're not feeling the joy of your salvation. You just need to go back to where you used to feel it at. In other words, you need to go back in your relationship with God. You need to go back to God and get that grace back in your life. So you hear what I'm saying to you today? When I was backslidden and undone and my life was falling apart, I mean, it was, it was many years ago. And, uh, and so I, I remember that, that I felt that the tug of the Lord was drawing me back to go to church. I was out of church. I was backslidden. And um, that's not a popular word, backslidden. <laughs> and, but I was. <laughs> and, uh, and God was drawing me. And reveal, and I remember the first thing I did was I took some old worship CDs, amen? It's funny how the, how the enemy wants to pull us back into the world. How the enemy wants us to start listening to secular music again. That was kind of how I went back, how, how I lost my love, first love for Christ. And, and so how I gained it back was I started putting worship music back on. The old songs that I worshiped God with. And I noticed that the joy started coming back. That the peace started coming back in my... Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We need to get back to Jesus. We need to get back into that place that, that he wants us to... You know, that, he, that place is close to him. Amen? And so, again, if you're not feeling the presence of God today, then just be like the, the wayward son. You know, come to yourself and go, come back to the, to the house of the Father. Amen? And I, I don't know if you remember the story was... But the Father was there ready to welcome. And the Heavenly Father is always here ready to welcome you back into his loving arms. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? This is what I love about God. God is all about U-turns. God is all about the second chance. God's all about the third chance. God is a loving Heavenly Father. And he's here for you. And he's here to restore you. And to put you in that place that you need to be, that place of blessing. Amen? And so we see here in John 2 that we can be motivators. And, and this is actually Jesus' first miracle. And, and Mary, his mother, was a motivational force behind what Jesus did on his first miracle. Can you believe that? And don't tell me that you don't have influence in your children's lives. Parents, you have influence. And maybe you don't have children, but you, you can still have influence on your nieces and your nephews, even people in the church. You can have influence, and we're called to lead people back to God and, and have a closer walk with God. So it says here, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples, this is, this is John 2, the Gospel of John, verses 1 through 11. And it says here, uh, on the third day there was a wedding at Cana, Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And, you know, he was, you know, it's interesting. Then his mother, that Mary had faith. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And so it was interesting. She knew that, that Jesus was going to do something. Mothers, you can motivate. And you can say, well, will you do this? And then you just get that silent treatment. You know what I'm talking about, mothers? You know, you know how moms you can be. You get real quiet. And pretty soon, you know, the kids are ready to do something for you. Especially when there's no dinner on the table that night. 
Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so, and so she, she said, but, you know, the Lord gave me a, a, a revelation about this. You know, Jesus wasn't being mean to her. You know, Jesus thought also in the spiritual realm. And this is just a quick about the first miracle of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was thinking, give the new wine. You know, Jesus was here to give us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's likened to the new wine. And so really what Jesus was thinking is, I'm not, it's not, I'm, it's not my time to give you the new wine. It's, it, you know, because anytime Jesus talked about his time, it's all about him going to the cross to redeem mankind. And so really what he was thinking was, it's not my time to give you the new wine, but I'm going to give you something that's similar. And that's when they say, take six water pots and fill them to the brim. And six number, and you may be in Bible numerology, and six man was made on the sixth day. So six stands for man. And, and so there were six water pots and fill those water pots with water. God wants to fill us with himself. Amen. Amen. And then, you know, then, uh, then Jesus said, take the, take the um, water that turned to wine and give it to the headmaster. The headmaster said, normally in Jewish customs, you serve the, the good wine first, but you chose to serve the best last. And, and really what that means is that, that the second covenant or the final covenant, or the new covenant, is a better covenant based on better promises. And really, the, the whole thing behind Jesus turning water to wine was a representation. The wine represents his blood in the new covenant. And that the marriage is representation of union. And Jesus is here to bring man back to God through his blood. Amen? And so really, that's the symbolization of, of turning the water to wine. But, but, but Mary had... Uh, an influence on Jesus, and Mary was there at his first miracle. Amen. And so, also, Mary was there when he, when Jesus was being crucified. You can be with your children at their greatest moments, and you can be with your children when they're dealing with their greatest pain. And you know, that's when really uh, our children need us the most is when they are suffering. And we can be there to comfort them, to bring them comfort. And really, that's, that's what the whole Bible is about. As Christians, we're supposed to comfort those that need comforting. We need a, we're supposed to weep with those that weep, laugh with those that laugh, and we're supposed to be comforters. Amen? And, and, and Mary, even though it was very difficult, she was there at the base of the cross, looking at her son, dying for her and for her sins. Are you, think, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so she was there, and in John 19, it says, uh, it says this in verse 26, the Gospel of John says, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to in his own home. And this was John, and this is interesting to me. This kind of tells me something here that, Apparently, uh, Joseph wasn't in the picture any longer, Mary's uh, husband. And so, you know, maybe it was possibly, I don't know how long, but, you know, it, maybe it was a single family home a part of the time that Jesus was being raised. We don't know. It, it, the, the scriptures don't go into detail. But I'm going to say this. God is with you even if you don't have a spouse and you're raising your child. God's, can du God can double that grace on you. Single parents, God is with you, and he can bless, continue to bless you, even though you may not have this. God will be a father, amen, to your children. 
And that's why it's important to be in church because we have uh, teachers that, that will raise the children up and put good things in them. We, we don't just babysit back there. We put the word of God into our children. And we're there, and we're there to, to bring them into a place where they can walk with God in victory. Amen? Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And then the last part here, Mary obeyed Jesus and, uh, in the upper room in Acts 1, verses 12 through 14. It says that, that then they returned in Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room when they were staying Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Ephesus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. So Mary was there still following Jesus, still following him, because now at this point, even though she is his earthly mother, he, he is her Lord. Amen? And I'm going to say this, ladies, that, that we need to keep following, and, and even gentlemen that, that, that may be running the household, parents, that we need to continue to follow Jesus. We need to continue to put Jesus in the middle of our lives, in the middle of the family. A family that prays together stays together. A family that comes together in unity and one accord, and putting Jesus in the center. I'm telling you, selfishness leaves us when Jesus is in the center of our lives. And I'm telling you, selfishness has ruined more families than anything else. And But when you have, it's hard enough even being a Christian, having a, 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 a family that is prosperous. But, but, but you need to have Jesus in your family. And I'm just going to encourage you. Put Jesus first place. Put him in your family. Uh, raise your children up in the admonition of the Lord. Be an example. Be a mentor. Be somebody that, that they can look up to. Maybe, maybe you have children that's already grown. Maybe you haven't done all the right things. But I'm not here to condemn you. Just con Now you can do something now. You can pray for them. You can, you can do all that you can to be as godly parent as you can now. You can't undo scrambled eggs, amen? You can't undo the past. Maybe you, you, you didn't do everything perfectly, but you can start doing something perfect today. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Don't condemn yourself from the past. The past is the past and just leave it in the past. Amen? Just leave it back there. All you can do is move forward in God. And so I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage you to put Jesus. Maybe you, you aren't putting Jesus first place right now. But I'm telling you, you can make that commitment today. You can say, Jesus, I'm going to put you first place. And let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you for your mercy, for your goodness, and for your love. And Father, I thank you for the people, the precious people out here, and the precious people that are watching online. And, and I know that there are people that may not be walking that close with you, Lord Jesus. And, and maybe today you're ready to make that commitment. If, if you're ready to make an all full-out commitment for Jesus today, or, or if you've never made that commitment, just raise your hand. I want to lead you in a prayer. Where are you at? I'm not going to call you down here, but I want to just lead you in a prayer. Where are you at? To move forward in the things of God. Amen? Praise God. Just say this after me in me and your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe... Jesus died on the cross 
for my sins. Jesus, I receive you today as my Savior and as my Lord. Jesus, this day, I'm, I'm getting closer to you. I'm drawing close to you. And thank you that your word says that you will draw close to me. Thank you for all that you have done and all that you're going to do. Bless my This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org.